Hello, Moonwalkers, and welcome to another episode of Moonwalk Talks. Watch. To Moonwalk Talks, the Michael Jackson podcast that brings you the facts, stories, and theories all about the King of Pop. Go follow at Moonwalk Talks on Twitter and Instagram, and please go rate and review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. I am your host, Jenkins, and I am a rapper that you can touch. But wait, that uh, that sounds that sounds kind of bad, but I just I meant it in contrast to what you know this episode is about, cause you know, MC Hammer. Anyway, before we get into this episode, I just want to talk real quick about Paris Jackson. She recently did Jimmy Fallon. Now, you might have noticed I don't really talk about MJ's kids on my podcast or on Twitter, cause I know how he was so against them being in the media. But Prince and Paris are adults now, and they have made the choice to do these interviews and television appearances. I still feel weird talking about them, but I have to say, Paris, you did an outstanding job on Fallon. She was poised, polite, likable, witty. I mean, with all the things these kids had to and still have to deal with in their life, it is fantastic to see how well-adjusted they have become. So yes... Good job, Paris. And not that it matters, but myself and the fan community are super proud of everything you are doing. Thanks for bringing some sanity to the Jackson name. But I will still keep you three Jackson siblings out of my tweets and theories, because for one, this podcast is solely dedicated to Michael Jackson, and two, you guys have your own lives to live and your own paths to make without always being attached to your father. And with that, let's get on with the episode. So, hey, do you all remember that time when MC Hammer challenged Michael Jackson to a dance-off? Well, let me tell you, it's quite a fun story. (laughs) Rewards were made for Michael's stolen glove, records were broken, a super expensive disc music video was created, and even James Brown somehow got involved. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's start from the beginning. In 1990, an American rapper by the name of MC Hammer had worldwide success with a song called You Can't Touch This. Oh, I know you all remember Hammer. He was famous for his catchy tunes, energetic dance moves, parachute pants, and famously going bankrupt quickly after that. Can't Touch This. But... Before the bankruptcy, in the early 1990s, MC Hammer was the biggest rapper on the planet. 
He sold millions of albums. He had toys, lunchboxes, movies. He even had his own Saturday morning cartoon. And back in those days, you weren't shit unless you had your own Saturday morning cartoon. MC Hammer was everywhere. You Can't Touch This never quite hit number one on the singles chart, but his album went number one for 21 weeks straight and is still a huge part of pop culture. And it is often used in recent television shows and movies. People praised his lyrics, style, and even more his dance moves. I personally have never owned an MC Hammer album, but even I remember wearing the parachute pants and trying to dance like him on my front porch when I was a kid. MC Hammer was on top in the 90s. So when MC Hammer started working on his next album, Too Legit to Quit, he decided it was time to step it up a notch. He decided to target the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Now, I know. Looking back, it sounds crazy. Nowadays, MC Hammer doesn't even belong in the same conversation as Michael Jackson. But you have to remember that back in the early 90s, MC Hammer was actually a really big deal. Love him or hate him, at the time, he was honestly one of the biggest stars on the planet. He was right up there next to pop stars like Madonna or Paula Abdul. He was even selling more albums than Prince at the time. And he did all this as a rapper. Rappers just didn't chart like that in 1990 and 1991. This was before the mainstream radio was taken over by gangster rap and East Coast, West Coast beefs. So aside from Vanilla Ice, it was very rare for a rapper to do the numbers he was. He was riding a wave of fame that was so big that you probably couldn't tell him anything. When you're in a position like that, you can do just about anything you want. And I'm sure he had a tons of yes-men around him agreeing with everything he said and telling him everything he wanted to hear. So, and this is just an assumption, I bet at some point somebody said, Hammer, man, you're the best dancer in the world. Man, you so good, I bet you could outdance Michael Jackson. And everybody around him was like, Yeah, Hammer, man, you way better dancer than that moonwalker fool Michael Jackson. And I bet you Hammer took this as fact. And just a side note, all these side men were getting checks. Yeah, every person around MC Hammer was on the payroll. That's just one of the reasons Hammer went broke. With the combination of his extreme popularity and rising fame, as well as all these people in his ear, I bet MC Hammer actually started to believe that he was on the same level, if not better, than Michael Jackson. Not to mention, MC Hammer was previously known for dissing other rappers on tracks. Hence, why the name of his album was called Hammer Don't Hurt Him. With all these circumstances combined, MC Hammer must have seriously believed he could dethrone the king. So in the summer of 1991, while promoting his cartoon series Hammer Time, he made a public statement challenging Michael Jackson to a dance-off tour. Specifically, the visual documentary book written by Adrian Grant claims that MC Hammer was on Evening Magazine and claimed, quote, I could easily dance the pants off anyone that moonwalks. 
In the 1991 November issue of Entertainment Weekly, journalist Ivan Solotaroff spent a good couple of weeks with Hammer, where the MC elaborated that he wanted to do a concert tour with Michael Jackson called Who's Bad, in which they would have a public dance-off on stage in front of a live audience to promote both of their albums. The winner of the dance-off would go home with Michael's famous rhinestone white glove. In the magazine, he quotes, Michael can't just moonwalk in here and take an audience from me. In this same interview, he also claimed that his album, Too Legit to Quit, that was coming out just a few months before, was going to outsell Michael Jackson's upcoming album. That album... November 26, 1991, saw the debut of Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Dangerous. And this wasn't some joke. He had merchandise that had Get the Glove printed on it. His bodyguards wore shirts that said Get the Glove. And when Michael Jackson's glove was stolen, he offered up a $50,000 reward for its return. He was serious. This wasn't just a claim. This was a campaign. He wanted to take the crown from Michael. So, how did Michael Jackson respond? Well, he declined the challenge. Instead, his public relations aide released this statement. Uh, yeah, Michael invented most of the steps that Hammer uses. He has nothing to prove. Michael Jackson, king of pop, king of shade. And why did Michael decline? Well, because he knew then what we know now. Hammer was not equal to or greater than Michael Jackson. Now, let's just put this into perspective. Let's quickly compare Michael Jackson to MC Hammer and see how they both stacked up at the time. Okay, Too Legit was released in September September 1991, 1991. a couple of months before Dangerous. By September 1991, Michael Jackson had won over 50 awards in his career, not counting awards with the Jacksons or the Jackson 5. Over 50 awards. Hammer had four. About four awards. All from his last album, Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. Michael Jackson's Dangerous album sold over 7 million copies in under two months, making it the fastest-selling Jackson album ever. Fastest-selling Jackson album ever. And to date, it has sold over 32 million copies worldwide. Hammer's Too Legit didn't even hit a third of its previous album's numbers during 91, and it's still struggling to hit the 5 million mark to this day. Jackson 32 million, Hammer 4 million. And let's not even talk about number one singles, because MC Hammer hasn't had any. Zero. Michael Jackson, though. Billy Jean Thriller. Be Dick Black or White, Man in the Mirror, Diddy Diana. Dozens. What about tours? Well... Michael Jackson's Dangerous Tour broke worldwide records and is still one of the highest grossing tours to date. Hammer's tour got canceled because the failing album sales couldn't keep the overly expensive production going. Michael Jackson created classic albums that, that completely, completely changed the way the music business, business works. works. MC Hammer had a hit that sampled a Rick James song. There just isn't any comparison. Cultural impact aside, if we are just looking at the numbers, it didn't make any sense for Michael Jackson to collaborate with Hammer in any way 
or to even acknowledge him at all. They weren't on the same planet, let alone the same level. Business-wise, it wouldn't have benefited Michael Jackson in the slightest to play Hammer's little game. But, even though Michael Jackson turned Hammer down, Hammer couldn't let it go. A couple of months later, Hammer released the music video for Too Legit to Quit. This 15-minute long spectacle cost over $2.5 million to make, which, with inflation, makes it still one of the most expensive music videos of all time. It featured dozens of high-profile celebrity cameos, from Danny Glover to Mark Wahlberg, from Tony Danza to a hilarious cameo by Eazy-E, It even showcased the best in special effects at the time. But it's not the high cost or the celebrity appearances that make this video interesting. It's the fact that the whole video is basically a 15-minute jab at Michael Jackson. The entire premise of the video is for Hammer to try and prove that he is better than Michael Jackson. Seriously, just go watch it. It's hilarious. But what's worse is that he even enlisted the help of one of Michael Jackson's biggest influences to help take digs at Michael. None other than James Brown. While the nation mourns, I'd like to have a little pity party for Hammer. After about four minutes of celebrities wondering why Hammer has, for untold reasons, quit the music business, it fades to a mansion where James Brown dances up to a golden throne at the top of some steps. After an awkwardly long scene where Hammer is punching the air in a speedo, he finally makes it to the mansion where James Brown resides and has this conversation. Godfather, may I enter? Yes, Godson, you may enter. Am I ready, Godfather? You've been ready for a while now. I've waited so long for this, and now it's time. For me to go out and take the respect and propers that you've earned, which one man refuses to give to you. Godson, he has thrilled them. In order to serve him, you're gonna need some of this. James Brown then begins to throw fireballs of what I assume is power into Hammer. And after he gets force punched all around the room, James Brown tells him, Be strong, Godson. The glove one is not a sucker. You're going to need some more of this. Go out and give it all you got. Hit them hard. Show them what time it is. Never give up. Never quit. Because you're too legit to quit. Too legit to quit. One thing I desire. Bring back the glove. So let it be written. Hmm. The glove. Now, let's go back. Hammer says that it's his time to go and get the propers that one man has refused to give to Brown. So he is saying that somebody hasn't given James Brown his praise. So, who is he talking about? Oh, we know. Especially after James Brown says... He has thrilled them. Easy reference to Thriller. 
And then before force lifting them off the ground, James Brown tells Hammer to bring him the glove. Now, when I started writing this story, the thing that piqued my curiosity was why would James Brown agree to be part of something that was, in a way, speaking ill of his most famous disciple, Michael Jackson? Why would they claim that Jackson never gave James Brown the props or respect that he deserved? I've seen tons of Michael Jackson interviews, and he always claims that James Brown is one of his biggest influences, if not his biggest. So it doesn't make sense that James Brown would claim that Michael didn't give him respect. What would make him claim that? Well, after digging around, I found out that this scene was shot the day after James Brown got out of prison for aggravated assault. And can you guess who was there waiting for him with a private jet? Oh, good old MC Hammer. (laughs) And not only did MC Hammer pick Brown up from prison, but it was also revealed that he wrote him a $300,000 check to help get him back on his feet. See, James Brown had a history of run-ins with the law in the 80s. And maybe, and this is just my speculation, but maybe Michael distanced himself from the troubled Brown and Hammer was the only one that came to his aid. So it seems that Brown might have owed Hammer a favor or two. And the result was this cameo in the Too Legit to Quit music video. So the video continues with a bunch of big dance numbers and other stuff, and then at the end, we get the big reveal. Sitting behind a bunch of monitors, a guy in a suit exclaims, He's amazing! I've never seen anything like that in my life! That guy can dance. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's no threat to us. What do you reckon, Mike? And then you see the back of a man dressed like Michael Jackson in the rhinestoned glove. He then does the two legit hand signals, and the video is over. Years later, during an interview... MC Hammer tells this story. Conversation with Michael Jackson, the dearly departed, about who dances the best. Well, it was because of the Too Legit to Quit video. I had this little part in there, and Michael called me, and uh, I asked him, you know, the, uh, I, first of all, I didn't believe him. I hung up the first time. Yeah. I, I really did. My wife was laying right there. I hung up somebody playing like the AMJ. And then he called back, and the only reason why I really knew it was him was because somebody walked in his room, and he said, close the door, I'm trying to talk to Hammer. So, <laughs> so what, what he, I said, wait, oh, this is Michael. Yes. So I said, hey, look, 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 hey, Michael, look, you're the greatest, man. You're yeah. the greatest dancer I've ever seen. I've been watching since I was a kid. I love you, buddy. No, Hammer, you're really good. I said, no, but you're the great. No, Hammer, I, I like the way you do it. Said, no, no, but I'm telling you. I said, well, the reason why I sent you a message was I wanted to say at the end of Too Legit to Quit Video, if you want me to take that out, even though it's just a too legit. Yes. And I asked James Brown to give me give me the power, rest in peace, to get the glove. Yes. If you don't like any of this, yes. I'll take it out. He said, oh, no, Hammer, I think it's fine. It's not offense. I said, wait a minute, how did you see it? I'm not done yet. He said, oh, no, I got my ways. Now, some would say this was a friendly joke at Michael Jackson, just a little friendly competition between Hammer and MJ. But I don't think that is the case. 
I feel that Hammer was legit taking shots at Michael. Hammer had just been rejected by Michael Jackson and could have possibly been bitter from the ordeal. But what do I know? All I can do is look at the little pieces of information I can find around the internet and come up with a theory. So in order to get the real story, I need to talk to somebody that was there. So while writing this, I tried reaching out to the man himself, MC Hammer, and got ignored. Repeatedly. I reached out through his Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I emailed any email addresses I could find for him. I contacted rappers and producers that he is working with at the moment. I even snail mailed any and all addresses I could find that were linked to him in any way. And nothing. And I know for a fact that he saw my inquiries because he read my Facebook messages and would reply to posts just below mine. So either he just doesn't care to revisit that part of history, or... He's just too busy to take time to talk to my little old podcast. So, just so you all know, I truly wanted to hear the story from MC Hammer himself, but did not get the opportunity. But I wasn't done there. I started looking for people who had worked with him at the time, and searching through IMDb, I found this guy. Listen, sometimes he was very specific about what he wanted. Sometimes it's more like, just do something fun. This time, he was very specific. He had it all worked out. He knew what he wanted. He was following the globe. It was starting off with James Brown. You know, he knew shot by shot what it was he wanted to see. Um, this is Rupert Wainwright. He is a movie director that has directed such films as Stigmata and The Fog. He directed the legendary Straight Outta Compton music video for N.W.A., but most importantly for this episode, he directed numerous music videos for MC Hammer. And not only that, but he also directed the monumental history teaser trailer for Michael Jackson. So not only has he worked with Michael Jackson, but he also directed the Too Legit to Quit music video that was aimed at Michael Jackson. So who better to ask about it, right? Well, he didn't have much to say about it. But if you ask him, I'm wrong about the whole thing. Here is our interview. So on set, was it with the... With the tone kind of being, you know, get the glove uh, from Michael Jackson, was it? Was it? A- he just, Michael, I mean, honestly, we all thought it was hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We thought it was fun that, that he was challenging Michael Jackson like that. Because I mean, you know, Michael was huge. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Hammer was pretty big then. Coming off, uh, you know, you can't touch this and all of that stuff. Mike, he wasn't nothing. Yeah, he was. He was a massive star at the time, and um, it's. It, I, yeah. That, that's why I thought it was so. So, so, so you would say it was mainly just kind of a, it was just kind of a joke. It wasn't anything too serious. It wasn't any hard, heartfelt, you know, like it wasn't mean or anything, right? No, I mean, it's a challenge. It's kind of like, I mean, listen, you know, Hammer was clearly compared to Michael, the up and comer, but Hammer was like, here I am, you know? Yeah. I don't remember all rappers are kind of competing anyway. Oh yeah. So who was, do you remember who was the actor that actually played the pseudo Michael Jackson in the video? God, I can't remember. No, I can't remember who it was. Um, when we when we actually worked with Michael a little later, um, what was interesting is that there were like two or three different like body doubles for Michael. There was like a long range body double and a dance body double and a you know 
but I don't remember who played him in the in the video. Do you who do you think would win in a dance off? Do you think <laughs> do you think Hammer would beat Michael or would Michael would, would take the round? I mean, all I know is I'd love to be there to watch. <laughs> Truth, very true. So, the director of the Too Legit to Quit music video, Rupert Wainwright, says it was all just good fun. It was all just a big joke. They just thought it was funny. And maybe he's right. Maybe I'm just reading into this too much. And maybe I want it to be more than it really is. But I don't know. With inflation, that music video cost almost $5 million to make. So what they're saying is that they made a $5 million joke towards Michael Jackson. That just seems crazy to me. I just honestly believe that there was more to it. For him to go through all this trouble to get Michael Jackson's attention, creating merchandise, bribing legends, contacting press, breaking monetary records, it was all just too perfect. So at this point in my research, I came to a crossroads. I actually started feeling like I was in the wrong here. Am I telling the story as accurately as possible based on the facts? Or am I just trying to get the story to fit my theory? My theory being that MC Hammer was at one point serious about being bigger than Michael Jackson. When it comes down to it, all I have are the facts that I can gather to come up with a hypothesis. And so I continued the journey to prove my theory correct. And that's when I had the idea to go back and try to find the guy that helped with the basis for this whole story. The writer of the 1991 Entertainment Weekly article, Ivan Solotaroff. And after searching the web, I found his Facebook, sent him a message. Hello, I host a podcast called Moonwalk Talks and waited. I I didn't even know if it was going to be the same Ivan Solotaroff. It's not a super common name, so my hopes were high. But who's to say he will even remember or want to talk about an article from 1991? I mean, he's written books. He had been published in dozens of important papers and magazines. Would he even want to talk about MC Hammer? So, a couple of days later, I get a response. And not only is this the Ivan Solitaroff, but he remembers his time with MC Hammer quite fondly. So we message back and forth on Facebook Messenger. Here is an audio recreation of our Facebook conversation. Hello, I host a podcast called Moonwalk Talks, all about Michael Jackson and I'm actually working on an episode about the time MC Hammer challenged Michael Jackson to a dance-off. And I ran across your article. I've been having such a difficult time finding info on everything that went down, and if you happen to remember, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind helping me out with some of the details. Smiley face. I talked with the director of the Too Legit to Quit music video, but he just claimed it was all a big joke. But he also said that he didn't know anything about MC Hammer's challenge to Michael Jackson. He's right about it being a bit of a joke, to everyone except Hammer. He used my story as the platform to issue the challenge, half PR, but also very meant. Of course, it was never accepted or denied by Jackson. My reverence forbids me from ever calling him Michael. He's a god to me, and only gets more so the older I get. If you get in touch with Hammer, please, please send my love and regards. You're supposed to keep a cordial distance from subjects, but that was impossible with him. We were up till dawn for a week straight. 
He took on the label president with me present, and when I ran into him under the basket at a Knicks game years later, we hugged so long and warmly, we were getting looks. Did the media at the time make a big deal of the challenge, or was it something that was just kind of brushed off? Sorry to say, but it was really just a passing moment. Best of luck, and stay in touch. And with that first sentence, he helped to reaffirm my silly theory. It was all just a joke to everybody except for Hammer himself. Now, I just have to make this clear. I do not know MC Hammer's true intentions in 1991 when he campaigned against Michael Jackson. Nobody does. The only one who knows that is MC Hammer himself. And since he didn't come on my podcast, you just don't know for now. And to be honest, even if he came on and told his side of the story, who is to say that he would even tell the truth about his real intentions? Who would really want to admit that they seriously believed that they could outdance the greatest entertainer of all time? It might just be too embarrassing for him to talk about 25 years later. And I totally understand that. So, Hammer, if you hear this, the invitation is still open. Well, Moonwalkers, you know what that music means. That is our show. I would like to thank you all for joining me on another episode of Moonwalk Talks. I hope you enjoyed your time with me. I have been your host, Jenkins. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Please keep telling your friends about Moonwalk Talks. We have been growing like crazy since the new year. So thank you to all of you who have been listening and telling people about the podcast and sharing on your social media. It truly means a lot to me. So please follow at Moonwalk Talks on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, no matter what happens in this life, keep your head up, keep the faith, and don't forget to smile. <laughs>